This family story is weird, you know, hidden away from the modern world in their old-fashioned home. I'll show you around. Fantastic mouse hunt in here. When I say old-fashioned, I mean they go back a long way. A family legacy of tradition, invention, creativity and courage. Their greatness passed down like their magnificent facial hair from generation to generation to generation. This is Tim, his assistant named Jane. Shh, our parents will hear you. And twin brothers, both named Barnaby. They're creepy. Thanks, Barnaby. You're welcome, Barnaby. Why are we staring at this wall? Because, Jane, we are Willoughby's. Welcome to the Nomcast, the Netflix original movie podcast. I am your host, Andrew Morgan. You can follow the show at Nomcast Pod on Twitter and Instagram, or you can follow me at Jokes on Drew. All right, this episode is The Willoughbys, the new animated feature from Netflix and their first high profile animated release since the Oscar nominated I Lost My Body back in November. The film focuses on the Willoughby children, who hatch a sneaky plan to send their selfish parents on a vacation from hell so they can become orphans and raise themselves. The siblings then embark on their own high-flying adventure to find the true meaning of family. A lot of big names here. They lend their voices to this one, including three former SNL cast members, Will Forte, Maya Rudolph, and Martin Short. And the film is also narrated by comedian Ricky Gervais, who appears on screen as a bright blue cat. Gervais is also an executive producer on the film as well. When you want to discuss the best in animation, you have to ask the experts. And boy, I did just that. Because on the pod with me today is voice actor and host of the Animation Station podcast, Josh Kane. You can find Josh on Twitter at Josh L. Kane. And be sure to check out his podcast on the web at animationstationpodcast.com or on any podcast platform. And while you are there, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast, The Nomcast. It would really help us out. All right. Thank you to Josh for coming on. And thank you all for listening. So without further ado, here it is, the review of The Willoughby's and the state of animation in 2020. Give a listen. All right, so on the line, uh, voice actor, narrator, and the host of Animation Station Podcast, uh, Josh Kane. How are you, sir? Oh, not bad, man. How's it, how's it going? I can't talk today. It's been, it's been one of those days. <laughs> I've been in you, the man. booth doing audiobooks, so I've just been like, I've been reading stuff. And I'm just tired now. <laughs> no, I hear you, man. Hey, listen, I, I have two kids. I'm still working. You know, it's, uh, you know, the quarantine it doesn't stop my life, unfortunately. It actually so, yeah. makes it way more complicated. So, yeah, I'm fried every single night. And, I, you know, obviously I'm on the East Coast. You're on the West Coast. It's even later here. So, like, yeah. Yeah, Fumes, you're at, like, man. yeah, you, you've, you're a whole three hours ahead. My goodness. Yeah, yeah. I'm in the future. So, uh yeah, I, it, the past is great. I'll tell so you your NFL bad. draft picks over here if you need to. Oh, oh. <laughs> but um, yeah. So it's great to to have you on. Uh, I'm glad I kind of found you uh, and your podcast. You guys do a great job. Uh, oh, thank you, know, you. Obviously, I was searching through stuff for animation because we have an animated movie coming through for Netflix. This is a Netflix mm-hmm. podcast, uh, and the Willoughby's is kind of like a high profile ticket. I mean, it's not just standard fare anymore now that netflix is kind of in this game of oscar hunting kind of mm-hmm. you know where they they were the the bell of the ball i mean uh, you know outside of the win of course but uh, everybody was kind of picking 
Klaus uh, or, uh, you know, I lost my body, uh, you know, for all these awards, you know, they got a bunch of critics awards on top of uh, the Golden Globe and everything else. So they're kind of in the big time when it comes to animation now. And this is their big 2020 entry right now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was a little bit scary to see it come out in April versus, say, you know, towards the end of the year. But I got to say, man, this movie blew me away. I mean, uh, I was yeah. expecting nothing. The trailer seemed confusing to me. <laughs> I was like, this is bizarre. And I came into this and I was just like, wow, the talent and everything else completely panned out. And you had a great interview uh, with the director, Chris Pairn. I don't want to. Or but, I think we I think we started calling him P. Aaron as well, just to make it a little bit more fun. Yeah, it's so. obviously the the Canadian and the French. You need kind of mix that, that through. That on the. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, and you guys did a, a great job of, of talking to him and kind of really getting to a lot of things that I wanted to know. Um, what I would say from your perspective before we get your thoughts on the, on the film itself, what was something that he kind of said that, you know, from watching the film, you guys were lucky enough to get it early. Was there something that he said that was like, yeah, that struck me that was, or maybe that was something I didn't see, but I wanted to know, like what, what did he say that kind of maybe, you know, blew it out of the water for you? Um, with me, it was like, honestly, like the majority of it was just his passion for the film itself. Um, like taking the book and making it into a animated film and all of the things that he had to do for that. And I especially love because he, he wanted to keep that dark humor element that the the book is like the novel is, and he wanted to continue to bring that into the actual film itself. So the film is rather dark. Like if it's, yeah. it's not, you know, it's not a happy Disney movie. Um, if, well, it, it's the thing, like it's a happy Disney movie. Um, if the Disney, if, uh, the Disney movie starts, like right after the parents die. That's basically <laughs> right. where the will of peace <laughs> begins. It's like in that period of time. Yeah. Uh, so it is It is definitely a darker movie. And I love that he wanted to keep the, the darkness in there because that makes for good storytelling. And I thought that was a fantastic idea because there's definitely like the way this movie is shot and like the way it's stylized, you could, they, they definitely could have taken a big swerve and made this like this happy-go-lucky like romp through fun uh, which they don't. They make it, you know, dark. Like the like. Are, do, can we do spoilers on this? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, like the fact that the kids get you know taken and everything, and then the parents die at the end, and you're like, or we assume get eaten by sharks at the end. Right. It's like assume, yeah, they didn't have yeah. they didn't have to do that. Like they could have just like ended it. Like the parents like yeah. fly off and be like, oh, we don't have to have, show them getting eaten by sharks, but let's right. do it. So but even then, yeah, they I, I, I do like leave that. it open. Uh, just yes. for kind of where you hear the voice after they get swallowed. It's going to be like a, knowing that set of parents still somehow live in the belly of a shark for like days yes. on end. Yeah. And yeah, and all of the, like everything that happens with like the child services people. Yeah. Like that whole, that whole scene. And like you find out that the, the nan, cause I, I never read the book before. No, um, me neither. But yeah, you find out that Nanny was an orphan and everything. And like, it's just like, I was just like, wow, I wasn't expecting any of this. And just like his passion for the film just like hit home. Because we've had directors on and they just talk about, yeah, you know, we, we, did, we did the film. It was great. Yeah. Um, but he like was like invested in it. And yeah. that's what I, I, I loved that. Well, he seems to be kind of early on in his directing as well. I mean, so you kind of yeah. get that early passion i mean he did cloudy with the chance of meatballs too as mm -hmm. kind of like his foray into directing but obviously he, he goes back a very long time in art departments of many movies i know you guys mentioned uh, a movie that i enjoy and you got all giddy too with titan ae um, it's that, so good it, like it's it, a weird movie it destroyed yeah. a box i mean it destroyed an animation <laughs> studio but it's a great movie i know and I miss that animation style, like that Iron Giant Titan AE, that old Warner Brothers look that is just, or that was Fox or no? It was Fox, yeah. Fox. So like they kind of adopted that, like it's the Don Bluth thing, right? Or, mm -hmm. So they kind of uh, adopted that style. And yeah, I absolutely miss that uh, that look. Uh, it's so classic. Uh, but the he has a long pedigree. I'm happy for him. Uh, he seems like a very nice guy. Uh, like you said, very passionate about the 
about the subject matter and he's just getting started and that's kind of the netflix mo to kind of find yeah. these people who are extremely mo- motivated very early on in their career of what they want to do next and kind of find a little bit of either a passion project or a long time idea that they had that they can glob onto uh and mm-hmm. and kind of make that work especially because as we were saying before, animation's kind of so new with Netflix between, you know, last year was their breakout party with it. They don't, other than that, I mean, they have a lot of like maybe computer animated TV shows or like very kind of, you know, non high profile. If it's a DreamWorks property, exactly. it's uh, it's right. on Netflix now. Exactly. That and like the Dragon Prince. Pandas. That's uh, yeah, it's like Netflix and the Dragon Prince are they're like they're two like main things. But then like they did right. Love Death and Robots and you're like what is this thing that feels like it should have been on like MTV in like the <laughs> early 2000s? Like sure. right after Aeon Flux, you get Love, Death, and Robots. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like it's they do so many cool things. And they've got another one. I think the reason that it's not that it was such an early release this year um, is because there's something that's coming out at the end of the year. So I don't uh, know if, uh, you know, if you have it on the tip of your tongue, please, by all means, interject. But I know the guys who did Wallace and Gromit were signed up to do a project for Netflix. But I thought that deal was late where it wouldn't probably hit 2020. Yeah, this was like I was at Lightbox Expo uh, last year um, in Pasadena and they had an, an anime, like a Netflix animation panel thing. Right. And they were showing, they showed a clip from Klaus. Um, some of the directors were there and then they had, they talked about the Willoughby. So this was the first time I had heard about the Willoughby's. I didn't know what it was. Right. Um, uh, and I found that, and then there's another one. Uh, it's about, it's like to the moon or something along oh, those I did, lines. Yeah. We did do that in our preview episode. So yeah. Yeah, I, I believe that's supposed to come out uh, at Lightbox. It was slated for like that November Christmassy 2020. Oh, so I don't know with everything that's going on in the world right now if that's still going on or yeah, if animation you pushed. Fig- Right. I mean, animation, I wonder how much they can do, you know, because it's a lot of editing. It's a lot of computer work. It's a lot of, you know, and you could do a lot of voiceover from in small bursts you know between glass doors you know or doing it from your home uh depending on who you're working with so you know they could get creative and try to finish off something if they were in progress but uh you know they are motivated i mean i think it depends on the the reception in this movie and because you're seeing disney kind of went through this thing where onward gets a you know a big push being on disney plus immediately after having kind of like a VOD run after a small theatrical run. And, you know, people talked up that movie a lot now. And it kind of was the only kind of possible Oscar entry level thing to, to this point. And, and, but Pixar. Uh, no, are you kidding me, man? Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> That's fair. Like, well, there's a lot of humans film. in those best. <laughs> Although, because if Lion King doesn't uh, pass as animated yeah, for everybody, true. then, uh, you know, they'll have to do some, some heavy lifting to try to get that pass through. But you're right. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to insult <laughs> the uh, Sega franchises. Um, can't wait for uh, Joe Montana talking football to be uh, the next uh, <laughs> one. Anything on Sega well, like, CD? I don't know. Lethal Enforcers? Well, it's, <laughs> it's weird because it's like the highest grossing film that came out in 2020 right now is Bad right. Boys for Life or Bad Boys yeah, 3 yeah. or whatever it was called. I'm just like, yeah, yeah no, you got it right man, the first that's, time, man. That's close. Sonic, a very close second. And I'm just I like, know. come on, Sonic, you can do it. Hey, but it would I be hilarious hear- next year if. <laughs> You know, you you see like Bad Boys and Sonic just like sweep the Oscars. That would be amazing. <laughs> well, I mean, Netflix is completely re- reaping all the benefits here, especially because oh, they have their typical slate that they want to do uh, where they have movies from David Fincher later in the year, Spike Lee later in the year. So like they're kind of set up that if this is prolonged and a lot of things get pushed, then they can start really having I mean they already led the the field last year in nominations. So if they want to try to actually get some wins, this year might have to be the year. Um, it it may. I mean I mean cuz if again if we look at Netflix like uh I am not a Netflix podcast. I've worked with Netflix sure. and I will work with Netflix again in the future. Listen, you have more um, access I'm, I'm on sure. this film than I did. So congratulations. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But it's like one of those like Netflix is still like 
they're still churning out material. I mean, like we had Tiger King earlier this year that exploded. Yeah. Um, we've got uh, for from my wonder, like there's so many K dramas on Netflix now, which are my you know vice. <laughs> okay. Uh, like there's new stuff coming out all the time and like netflix is like one of the few places that is still coming out with content because what's the latest disney content that we got it was onward yeah onward and and nothing like they they don't have anything that's coming like they're so desperate i mean i again i love disney worked with them before um but like disney plus is so desperate for content they're putting out the behind the scenes stuff for the mandalorian as its own show and i'm like yeah that's like that's like trying to dig, really. Like, we're out of run out of stuff. Let's yeah. throw stuff in. Well, they're hemorrhaging money between the theme parks, the cruises, and everything else. That if this is, if Disney Plus is all they have, they really are going to start pushing some things now. Uh, and, but they did have news as far as the animation is concerned because uh, people were talking about Raya and the Last Dragon as going to be another kind of movie that might have been in the best animated feature conversation that got pushed to 2021. So literally they're relying on onward and soul. If soul gets released still, they haven't pushed it back yeah. uh, any further. I, I mean, they pushed it back a little bit, but not out of it's what, it's what Like uh, it's like October now, right? It's like towards the end of the year. It's past summer. Yeah. They were um, in a summer release and I think maybe they pushed it back slightly more than that. So yeah, somewhere in that range. And, you know, so Seoul was in the pole position. They were the people, I think the way that the calendar looked, it was like, oh, Onward will be their entree into getting some money in a in a dead zone in March or whatever. And then the summer hit will be Seoul. And then now we don't know what that looks like. So, you know, and then they were supposed to end the year on Ryan the Last Dragon. And now that got pushed. So... They might only I, have those two entries, Soul and Onward, and who knows if Soul will even hit the theaters. And then, you know, Netflix will be sitting here with either one or two entries again, just kind of going, hey, what about right, us? We're, we're here. Yeah, look at us. Look at our content that we've got. Like, my, my thing with uh, Disney, and I've noticed this about them, and I don't understand it because it's not the way that it used to be. They don't like to show previews for movies, or even, mm. like, sneak peeks for movies until, like, three or four months before the movie comes out. Right. And I don't understand that. Like, back in the day, like, do you remember going to go see, like, an old Disney movie? And then, like, you would get, like, a trailer for The Lion King. And you're like, oh, that comes out in, like, a year and a half. Yeah. I'm ready to go see Lion King. I mean, because that got you excited. Right. But it feels like now they're just like, we don't want to detract from this movie Right. So that's exactly like, what, what, it is. what are they? What do they think you're going to do? Like, like you know what? I'm not going to go see Soul. I think I'm going <laughs> to wait and save my dollars right. to go see Raya. And you're like, no one's going to do that. No. They're going to go see both. Especially, I'm so, a person with two small kids. Man, you don't wait for shit. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you just go. What uh, is it this weekend? Cool. <laughs> yeah, because it's like with Raya, I'm just like we haven't seen anything for that. Like, there's been a little bit of concept art, but there's there's been no teasers, there's been no trailers, there's nothing. And that was supposed right. to come out this year, and we weren't yeah. getting anything for it. And I was just sitting there like, there's part of me that's like, is it going to get like a BFG treatment? Because I was really excited for the BFG, and then sure. Disney's like, no, we're we're not going to do that. So I don't know <laughs> right. if maybe that's you know what's going to happen. I hope it's not. Uh, I also don't know what's going on with uh, the connected movie. Yeah, uh, that's supposedly no still on the books. Yeah, Lord I guess. Lord, I, right? I mean, yeah. Scoop's coming out uh, VOD. So, like, p- part of me is like, why don't you just do everything VOD? Like, right now, I mean, if you want to see like an increase in subscribers, like honestly, if I was HBO Max, first movie that I would put out there at launch to increase your HBO Max subscription, Wonder Woman 1984. It's like, sure. do do that, HBO Max is going to go through the roof, then you have them for a month. Yeah. And then hopefully you forget that they forget to, you know, cancel <laughs> after that month, and then you got them for another month, and right. then it's just like, oh, you know what, I like this content, I'm going to continue to do it, and then you got them forever. Sure. But, I mean, I'm that Warner. I wish I was. No, listen. Warner, I, call me. I think everybody's kind of waiting for someone to kind of lead the way. Uh, the first, uh, you know, animated treatment too uh is trolls world tour that came out straight to vod without a theatrical release at all and you mm-hmm. people were waiting to see the returns on that before even thinking about doing that because if that movie was a failure 
and didn't make enough money to kind of satisfy the studios for because obviously the budgets for these you know between marketing and what they thought they were gonna uh you know what they put into the actual production budget they got to make the money back somehow yeah. and even with a, a worldwide release on vod they think you know one set of money is going to be that and then but it'll take away from things they would have had as a secondary market if say it went theaters vod then rental you know if they they think now if you're going to do vod it's going to kill the rental market so that's still to 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 wait a wait and see thing for that as well so i mean business is all up in the air (laughs) it, it is i mean but like i mean if you're looking at like shareholders and stock and everything right now like if you're doing something like that and like you're putting something out vod you're gonna see an increase whereas if you just if you do the thing where you're like we're just gonna wait like who cares yeah i I don't know you're not gonna you're you're either gonna be stagnant or drop more because you're not releasing any content for sure yeah you do you do podcasts if you if you didn't release any podcasts for two months we'll just say (laughs) what do you think would happen to your podcast oh yeah no it'd go dark but i mean the the disney thing they're running a different business than netflix in the sense of like you know right now if you have a small child of any sort you know every day after my kids are done with their school like they're instantly on disney plus they're not on netflix and they're just watching you know any kind of you know show that they have on there uh that is you know disney based and you know that's stuff that netflix is not great at uh with the kid market at least um you know and obviously things like this are nice because it's like kind of the full family market but you know and they can possibly go for an oscar chase but you know the the kid stuff disney owns it man like if i like my kids you know if i'm thinking oh okay my kids haven't seen any kind of movie yet what am i what do i want to introduce them to the first thing we did was my kids watched toy story the other day or they uh you know they watched you know frozen 2 or something that they already saw in theaters whatever like something that they they can latch on to netflix don't have that so how, you know, how, how old are your kids if you don't mind me asking uh, five and three dude true in the rainbow kingdom <laughs> what is that but, but question <laughs> is your three-year-old is he a boy yes apparently three-year-old boys love true in the rainbow kingdom okay wh- what is that I it's don't. it's netflix it's netflix animated series uh there's like a thousand episodes it feels like um, <laughs> okay but it's it's about a little girl it's like pokemon mixed with like some sort of like door the explorer type of thing oh well they love a talking cat everyone loves a talking cat (laughs) obviously Um, the willoughby started with one yeah uh (laughs) yes uh it's 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 just weird and like i had a uh like we have we have friends from fresno that came down and uh their three-year-old loves it he introduced us to it and so that was one of the only things he wanted to watch while he was over here because they were visiting disneyland um so he would only want to watch True, and it's like, all right, we'll watch True. Yeah. Um, and we're like, you know what? The animation is not bad, because um, like Pharrell is an executive producer on it, so it's like he oh, nice. put his his name to it. So you're like, all right, well, Pharrell. Um, sure. And then uh, I had another uh, someone that we did our our two hundredth episode. We called it Episode True Hundred. So we did True in the <laughs> Rainbow Kingdom because puns. Um, right. Yeah. And of course. I had. I had someone on, and her uh, son, who was also three year old, a three year old, loved True as well. So I'm like, apparently, all three year old boys love True in the Rainbow Kingdom. So oh, I mean, nice. give it a shot. <laughs> uh, there, you never know. I mean, it, we can see if it's just a thing with three year old boys. Right. It's very colorful. Like it's colorful as <laughs> hell. Yeah. Like hey. it's crazy. I, I will test the waters, man. Uh, my son is a uh, superhero loyalist right now, so uh, it's hard to break the chain. But, uh, you know, uh, She's I, I'm She's kind of superhero-y. A little bit. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. But uh, just to get back to this movie, like you mentioned- uh, for, Oh, yeah. For, the, right? the reason that you asked me to be on. <laughs> yeah, you know, something. Not but, to talk about three-year-old children animation? Sure. Right, fine. Yeah, that's what everybody's here for. I'm cool. <laughs> Pretty uh, much. But the- uh, but the Willoughby's, one of the things that drew me in was the star power. You were just mentioning uh, that show being produced by Pharrell. One of the things, obviously, that will catch people's eye is this movie is 
partly produced by Ricky Gervais. He had the mm-hmm. the rights to the book. Uh, he was you know helming that project from before even the director got involved. And now we're seeing you know the the voice talent that he gets. A lot of people that uh, he had worked with previously. Uh, you know, I know Terry Crews was on uh, uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs too, for yep. instance. Uh, but you know, obviously a lot of projects before that with a lot of these talent and the names are outrageous. Like anybody who comes to the party and watched SNL at any period of time, uh, dating back from the seventies and eighties up until now, you know, or if you love improv in any way, these people, you know, are, are going to stand out. I mean, Will Forte, Ricky Gervais, Maya Rudolph, Martin Short, uh, Jane Krakowski, Terry Crews. It's a, you know, obviously a who's who of like, Netflix, or excuse me, of uh, network. Yeah, Sean Cullen, right? who who's also been in a ton of stuff. A ton. He's in Canada, so obviously he's a yeah. little bit uh, set back. I'm also a stand-up comic, so I was very interested to kind of seek out some because I remember Sean Cullen. He had a Comedy Central presents back mm-hmm. in the early early days of the Comedy Central presents, and that's when I first got Comedy Central back in the like the late '90s, early 2000s. And I think he was somewhere in the early 2000s uh, for his. So like any kind of any of those names pop up, I go, oh, man, I remember that guy. Yeah. So uh, it's amazing that he's uh, still around doing this stuff. He does a lot of uh, animated voice work. I think uh, what did I see? Because uh, he's great in this as both Barnaby's like the, the Barnaby yes. stuff is so well timed. The voices are, you know, it's amazing how he kind of made them super similar but not but different altered. yeah yeah he just would do subtle hints um and then change it whenever he wants because that's kind of the creepiness element of the kids and kind of keeping monotone but fun and and a lot of great lines i love the one sweater thing I, I laughed every time they would swap sweaters in the middle of sentences it was awesome to watch uh, real, real quick speaking of sure. the sweater were you like heartbroken when the sweater broke i was I, I was when they lost that sweater. I was like, oh, "That's their sweater." I know. <laughs> it, it's it, that's the thing is that this is a movie about details, and I I loved hearing your interview uh, because the details were from so early on until later stage. Just between the coloring, the look, the texture of the place, the you know the house stuff, incredibly mm-hmm. detailed in terms of where uh, even just something like a coal room. <laughs> to to have as like a punishment room and the detail of that in an old home uh, and obviously the majesty of like these old oil paintings and the history of the family. Uh, there's so much distinction. And then obviously the brighter color tones and the differentials. Uh, some of the things he was saying were like the nanny is kind of the shape that she is because it kind of formulates a heart in shadow, mm-hmm. like just the details like that. Uh, it makes you makes not only this movie great on its first pass, but on several passes because I yeah. keep finding other things. I've watched this movie twice since it came out. It only came out yesterday. Yeah, I, I watched it again yesterday as well. Um, yeah. So I was like, oh man, like, it's got great I rewatch was, value. Yes, uh, like uh, all the cats. Like yeah. just just <laughs> yeah. going in and finding all of the different cat motifs and cat puns like the yeah. name of the bus it's not a greyhound it's a cat hound yes it's just yeah. like i mean uh or uh uh gray cat or whatever it's called no i, I believe you're right I cat think it was hound. like meow hound or greyhound or something yeah like, or something like that and you're, yeah and you're just like why like, yeah why not nah, i know why not? Yeah, I love that. I think you mentioned it in the interview, too, where like they had that rainbow wall where it's like the mural mm-hmm. with the cat with the umbrella underneath. And it's gorgeous. Like This movie is really nice uh, in terms of its cinematography, its look, and everything. Just very distinct. Um, you know, Even with the factory stuff, because they go back and forth between like, hey, this looks like a bleak place. But you know, once you get under the rainbow, once you get inside the building, then it just bursts out with yeah. all these different uh, color patterns and the bells and whistles, the levers, the buttons, everything that the kids love, um, you know, come to life in this as well. So, you know, and obviously the baby itself is that first burst of color that you see mm-hmm. that kind of anything from the outside world pops in this movie just to kind of show them, you know, they have an option. They ha- they should go forth. Uh, and I thought that was very, very distinct. Uh, I mean, did you did the animation? Do you have a comp 
for the animation at all and because i i thought between the texture like the yarn texture and all those things i really couldn't figure out anything that was close to that besides like a a coral line or something yeah, where like they I, had that creepy distinction i was talking to chris afterwards and i mm. don't know why i didn't record it because i just wasn't paying attention it was like we were <laughs> wrapping things up and yeah because like netflix was like you only have 30 minutes and we went for like an hour yeah so <laughs> right. we had already gone over but it was one of those like we were we were just talking afterwards and I was like I noticed like it's very much of a like a stop motion type feel to the film right um but he has also worked for Ardman Animation mm. who did did um you know like the the Wallace and Gromit and everything like yeah. that so and he worked on uh it wasn't Postman Pete it was the the pirate one the pi- I think oh, it was okay. pirates yeah um, our real pirates no, or not our uh, real pirates but it's something like that <laughs> our real pirates was a old nickelodeon show from that yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, i kind of melded the uh, real monsters <laughs> and the pirates thing but i know there's some kind of uh arg thing in it it's yeah it's like anyway hugh grant and like david Tennant and like a ridiculous yeah, yeah. amount of star power to it because it's english um but he worked on that so i'm like oh he was like yeah we we kind of drew a little bit of inspiration so like with the with the yarn right. and like the textures and everything making it feel like a stop motion film but animated so it doesn't it's like there are right. parts where it's de- it definitely feels stop motiony but it's right uh, it's an animated film so it's it's just the style like ever the way it's stylized and like the color palette that they chose it's just unique like unique is the only way to describe it like klaus klaus i think is i wrote that is, yeah yeah klaus is unique because i mean it's a 2d animated film that is meant to look like a 3d animated film like yeah they went out of their way to uh we did a whole animation episode back in december and the 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 thing with klaus was i found that they they went to out of their way to find a 2d hand-drawn studio that was like barely hanging on that was mm-hmm. in france or something that like it was the only place that they could pull off what they tried to pull off and it came out amazing yeah, because we had like at Lightbox they had uh, it's is his name Paolo Apollo I, I don't remember I, I apologize but like the director like one of the directors for Klaus was there yes and he was talking about we're not trying to bring back 2D animation and we're not trying to like get rid of like the 3D animation feel we're trying to yeah. improve 2D animation so that was their right. whole goal with Klaus was to improve 2D animation and then when you look at something like the Willoughbys it definitely is 2D but it's also they're improving on 2D because it's giving it a lot more textures than than you would normally see in something yeah no i absolutely agree and I, I miss some of the 2D stuff. I mean, part of the, the Disney evolution is, you know, yeah, Pixar is their own thing. But even when they do something like a Moana or a Frozen or something that's non-Pixar or actually, excuse me, Pixar. But anyway, but like like a Moana or something like that, they, yeah. uh, you know, they have a very unique look still. They, they have that same or doing like a Brave or something like that. Something that, you know, is their studio stuff. It's kind of an update. But man, so many people still go back to the classics because something with that 2D animation does look timeless somehow kind of like a, a, a the book feel the fairy tale mm-hmm. feel so if you're going to do a movie like that or going to harken those type of emotions sometimes it makes sense to do that but i did love i, I did write many times in my notes the word unique i think between the yes. character design uh the colorization uh you know so many things and and even the, uh, I, I couldn't think of one voice acting job that anyone didn't do the best they could possibly do. I, I, I mean, there was, and I mean, the they benefit from limiting the characters here, but man, even down to the smallest thing, like the uh, the Deliverance reference they do with the guy in the truck, the the humor in here is so well timed all the time, and the look of everything, it, it was so impressive. I, I can't talk this movie up enough. I I, I don't know. I, I keep a, a list, a tab of like uh, of the Netflix movies I've seen, like a ranking system, and I put it right there with Klaus and I Lost My Body. But it's so hard between looking at those other two films uh, and kind of comparing any of them. I mean, it's obviously yeah. a closer comp to, to Klaus, but, you know, 
classes that you know that Christmas feeling movie that like we were talking about the very distinct uh, look that they went for uh, and even obviously that movie for being as funny as it is uh, Klaus but it definitely tugs at your heartstrings more yes. they have a lot more of those moments um, but even they had kind of a dark angle with the, how that village was presented and everything else of course uh, but you know that movie is definitely something that's leading to something uplifting uh, obviously except for you know, Klaus himself going away, but the, yeah. you know, that, but even then those are heartbreaking heart string pulling moments. This movie is so smart, witty and dark that I loved every minute. And the only thing that I don't know, and I guess we'll have to wait and see what is the age level for this movie. Uh, and, and are they going to latch on to this? the way I am right now <laughs> because the, uh, this movie, like I said, I've rewatched it multiple times. It definitely has that, you know, rewatchability. It's, I don't know if they're going to be as impressed, but man, as a person who uh, comes from a, a British Isles based family and all this stuff, like the dry sarcastic wit is mm-hmm. mwah, just right there for me. Uh, you know, even I'm not the biggest Ricky Gervais fan, but I think like, this is probably the most palatable <laughs> He's yes. been on some like, level. The fact while. that you don't have to see Ricky Gervais and he's coming out of a cat, you're yes. like, I like this. This is good, Ricky Gervais. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, I, I completely agree. That's my my only issue with the Netflix animation is is what you said. Like, I don't know what the age ranges are for these things. Like, what's the age range for Klaus? I, I don't. I <laughs> like. That like, seems a, a lot gentler than this movie, and even then, obviously, you got some themes to deal with. I, I figure they're still young enough, uh, like in that, you know, probably like 10, just 10 to 12, school age, yeah. elementary yeah. school age. Yeah. Yes. Like, I wouldn't show it to a kindergarten class. They'd be like, what? Like, chop that fish up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, like, yeah. I mean, I, I say that, like, I, Disney's kind of, like, the same way to me. Like, I don't understand half of the Disney shows anymore. Like, who the, who the, who are they right. for? Like, who was who was Incredibles 2 for? Sure. Like, was it for children? Like, no. what part of that no, movie th- was for it's children? It's for you and I. Yeah. Exactly. Like, the people that waited all these, he's like, uh, the newest, uh, the new Frozen, like, who was that for? Was that for to get, you know, six-year-olds into <sighs> Frozen again? Because it didn't happen. Uh, no. And, and like, with, I was so astounded when I watched Frozen 2 to be like, this is this is bleak. This is heavy. Like, the to go back to the well with the dead parents, that's bold. Uh, so, you know. And then we, to almost show them die. Like, that's, yes! how, that's how bad that's Disney exactly. was. They were like, we're going to bring up the dead parents. But the first scene of the movie... We're gonna show you the dead mom again. Oh yeah, because you know that's what we do. We're gonna pull the, those heart strings, well, and that, then we're gonna show that they died in each other's arms. Yeah, because Disney. Sure, but that uh, that opening scene, you know damn well that was to sell Baby Elsa and Baby Anna dolls. That's that's a whole other thing altogether. Uh, but the uh, yeah, I, I would probably say the the deal with animation, at least as long as I've seen it, is how old is the protagonist whenever you start that's probably the age level they're going for and well who's so, the protagonist in this film like who's, uh, who's the probably main say protagonist in this t- uh, but because i don't they think so i think him. it's jane it ends up being jane to me yeah uh, and that kind of shows you the brilliance of the movie too is that it's they need each other mm-hmm. and 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 they are kind of the light the balance I, I remember uh you know the com in your conversation uh with chris was you know, saying that Jane was kind of the person who looks to the future while Tim is the kind of bearer of the past, you know, the gatekeeper <laughs> of the past. Um, he's the historian of the family trying to, you know, keep a certain brand or, you know, lineage going. So there and she's always looking to how things can improve. The what ifs was a very great touch to kind of present that information and you're right i mean she gets the one kind of real follow-through here with her own song she kind of is the glue that you know kind of puts them all together at the end you know they need her but tim was also the person who kind of sparked it back and tim gets the moment with the nanny in the in the you know the orphanage or whatever Mm -hmm. the whatever the lockdown he was in uh with the orphan group so 
It does. It kind of plays both sides, but I mean, for the fact that they start with him and that he's the oldest and everything else, that's kind of where I was leaning to the answer to that question. But, um, you know, and even at set, if that's true, I don't know how old he is really in this movie. If I had to really paint it, I'd probably say he's in that 12 range, 10 to 12, like pre pubescent kind of thing because he's got the no mustache thing even for a family known for mustache that whole joke but you know according according to the uh the presser that netflix sent uh Uh, tim is 14 years old oh wow okay so i wasn't too far off i thought he was 12 so uh, you know so so with that i guess this movie is aiming towards just being like a family sit-down movie for for most I'm, i'm sure you could probably get away with you know late elementary school so like 10 can watch this probably maybe yeah. they won't get everything that's kind of most parents thing where it's like eh, this is close enough here you go i need i need two hours alone or whatever you know so they'll just pop on anything but the uh, like when uh <laughs> like when mothers like did i have another child like uh like, right. <laughs> no i think yeah the- sure like she wouldn't know I, you know, for the fact that this movie hinges on a plot that is a conspiracy to commit murder, the uh, the fact that uh, that to me is not the most uh, disturbing thing to show my kids. It's more like Martin Short's ability to be like wildly erotic at all times. <laughs> Even that yeah, it's scene just like, with uh, where they trim his mustache to get the yarn and how that's... they coax it. Wow, that's a thing, man. <laughs> So to me, that's that's the stuff where I'm like, uh, my kids I've were never, into the trailer. I'm not showing them this movie. I've, I've never seen like a sexual scissor snip before, yeah. but it's in this movie. Like, yeah, and I've seen Phantom like, Thread. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like so you're like, oh, yeah. It's it's the it's like the equivalent of like Nala's eyes in uh in Lion King when she's like flipping those <laughs> yeah, eyes and she's exactly, like Simba. Yeah, yeah she's lying like, on oh. her back. Oh, yeah. It's weirdly I mean those uh, there's a whole there's chapters of lineage on the oh, old yeah. Disney animation of uh what they were trying to pull off. <laughs> but the one thing I'd say for you, is there one thing with this movie that stands out, whether it's someone's performance, whether this is a, just a coming out party for Chris in, in itself, uh, you know, is there something for you that if you're selling the movie, be like, this is what you should come to the party for? Uh, honestly, the just the colors in the movie, like okay. the way that we the way that everything is shot uh, like where you have everything like that's you know kind of bleak and old and then you go outside and it's bright and vibrant and then yeah. like everything is just bi- uh, bright and vibrant and then you get to you go back home and you're just like oh everything is bleak again right um like i i love that like just the story in general it's a good story it's a nice feel-good story like even though it is uh, you know it's a darker <laughs> humor story it's like it is a feel-good story at the end at the end of the movie you're just like Everything worked out. They all got mustaches, kind of. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that is one thing. That is one thing that is still weird. Like, I don't understand. Like, they all have the same hair color. Like, is there, like, a thing that goes on in there? Because, like, I don't understand that. Like, everyone, like, the mothers and it, fathers, they all have the same hair color. Yeah, it does smack of, like, the royal inbreeding thought. It, like, these historic families that kind of go along with that. But, you know, yeah, especially because... Like, uh, you know, the red is kind of a, a what a recessive trait that mm-hmm. goes through only specific families. So, yeah, I don't know. I was I was hoping I was talking to Chris afterwards. Uh, I, I was hoping that like when we saw that deliverance scene, we'd get the guy and be like, "You got a pretty hair," you know, type of thing. <laughs> I, th- I thought yeah. that would have been hilarious, but yeah, I'm sure Netflix was like, "No, we can't do that <laughs> right. too much." Um, but no, yeah, I, I think the story's good. Uh, I think Alicia's, I think I finally said her name correctly. Yeah, took Alicia Cara. entire, yeah. entire podcast. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because you want to call uh, her Alicia Cara. I, yeah. Like, it's Alicia Cara. Yeah. I'm going to miss Cara. Uh, I thought her song was great. Like, I, I, cause we get two, we get two versions of the song. We get it like the normal, like the one that you hear in the film. Yeah. And then there's like a pop 
version during the credits and i kind of like the pop version a little bit more just because i mean it is very like bubblegum pop and i love bubblegum pop so i was like yeah this is like hip uh this is what you know you would see like a child like swaying to in the movie theater during the credits because their parents haven't left yet because somehow a child has lost a shoe um Just you know, sorry. But I worked no, at a movie right. theater. I, mean, I worked at a movie theater for three years. Finding children's so shoes three years happened too. all the time. <laughs> uh, yep. But no, yeah, it's like I just think it's a good song. Like the the acting again, like what you said uh, earlier. Like I don't think like anybody did a bad job of acting. Like everybody, no. like the voices, I think fit all really well. Um, shout out to all my Dragon Prince friends up in Canada that did, <laughs> uh, you know, did extra voices additional voices on the film so good job everybody uh my friend jason simpson was a goose uh which was pretty cool Um, (laughs) very so yeah Yeah. like all all kinds of cool things like it's just it's just a good movie like stand out it's not like it's not like something where it's like classwork you see like the animation is crazy like yeah. you're gonna like because that's the selling point for it. like it's a 2d that looks like 3d but it's really 2d sure with this it's just like it's dark like it's a dark humor film like i don't know like and just just the animation in general just like just watch it because i don't know how to explain it yeah. like that's and it's weird that that's the thing that you go for on the, in a movie when you're trying <laughs> yeah. to explain it to people be like i can't explain it to you. you just gotta watch it because yeah. it's just good it is it's very enjoyable uh i <laughs> i have such an affinity like i was saying for the humor the look the everything it, it's got all the hallmarks i mean even down to uh a lot of he was saying how he showed a lot of his references and you can see how the twins uh are kind of a shining reference meld Mm -hmm. between uh that it has the haircut of danny but uh you know even tim gets to do the little uh the finger way then the red rum finger uh when he's doing the evil nanny stuff at at a point yeah right yeah so you know you had that going on all the car accidents uh for that nobody addresses being a big harold and maude thing was awesome Mm -hmm. uh when he when he mentioned harold and maude i was like you mentioned that and that is 100% accurate that is exactly yeah. yeah and like again my favorite part is just that that ending one where like all like all of the uh the breakout child protectives yeah like and they all yeah. crash and then that one's like blinker honk yeah. and you're like that's southern california that right there is <laughs> yep. that's driving in la Oh, yes. I don't miss going in that intersection by the Staples Center or it's oh, like the no. 5, the 110 and the 105 or whatever. It's, or like, the 101. it's honestly Ugh. easier to go like five miles around. <laughs> it's it's brutal. It's brutal, man. I don't miss that at all. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, absolutely. I, I love this movie, even down to like the three ending thing where they get to poke fun at the mm-hmm. Disney stuff. I mean, this movie is completely like... It's not an antithesis of Disney, but it man does it love to play with the thought of that, uh, yeah. you know, in everything that it does. And you know, for Netflix, I think they keep finding these very specific, very unique projects that are making them stand out. And I think this is going to be another one that we're going to be talking about for the rest of the year. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, it does have a. If I was to sum it, like to try and like sell it. It's like a series of unfortunate events, but like animated. It has like a like a Lemony Snicket type of vibe to it. Yeah, or an Adams Family vibe yes, too. Yes, no, obviously not this latest garbage, but like yeah, the not true the, not the weird spirit one. of Adams Family. Yeah, but it's you know, but even that family is like overly loving, so not that. But it's just kind of like the tempo, the the pacing, the it feels like an Adams Family update in terms of the the dark spirit. <laughs> that kind of yeah. the dark dry wit uh, a lot of the humor kind of falls in there uh so yeah I, I i can't really say anything bad about this film and i i that's a, a wild thing to say i did not expect that coming in um and i will not say a bad word about you either sir you did a fantastic Aww, job thank you i appreciate you in the mail on. i'll be sure and send you that <laughs> it's a uh, yeah california is going to take uh what about a uh, month and a half i think to probably get something <laughs> at this point nobody's well, no, flying it's, it's nobody's weird. it's yeah. it's weird like the post office is still doing just fine yeah because like i i was able to get some uh some gloves in and i mailed them to people so i was like here take these ne- necessities you will need them uh <laughs> right so yeah. i was able to get some of that out <laughs> to people so it's like oh i mean it still works 
No, that's great, man. I hope everything is uh, in your area is at least your you know safe and sound in your what looks like a very uh, colorful, fun <laughs> apartment or home that you have there. Uh, oh, so you. that's awesome, man. But uh, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, keep up the great work. Tell people where they can find your podcast or any oh, of the yeah. work that uh, you want to promote, whether it's your voice acting or anything else. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I do. Yeah, uh, like you mentioned earlier, I do. You know, voiceover and narration. Um, also do podcast editing. You know, if you want to edit a podcast, you know, holla. Uh, and you can, <laughs> yeah. you know, hit me up on uh, Instagram and Twitter at uh, wow at Josh L Kane. Um, our podcast, the Animation Station Podcast, is available on Instagram at Animation Station Podcast, Twitter at Animate Podcast. All of our episodes are available: iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play, Spotify. Uh, anywhere that you can download a podcast, we're pretty much there. Um, we have a YouTube channel where we put all of our uh, audio episodes, but we put them with a weird like filter thing, and right. it's got like a, a bar, and there's pictures. It looks okay. Uh, and then our website, animationstationpodcast.com. Uh, new episodes come out every Monday. Sweet. That's great, man. Yeah, I did uh, check out your YouTube because uh, I want. I saw that you uh, had interviewed Phil Lamar, so I was uh, curious he about was that. Amazing. One. He was amazing. He's like the nicest. Dude. I've seen him at cons. You know, he's always the nicest dude. Will do anything for everybody. He does so much of like the, the Green Lantern stuff and like mm-hmm. a lot of the animated superhero stuff. So, you know, the guy's got a long, long lineage uh, since, you know, basically as long as I've been alive. So, you know, the guy is great in my eyes yeah Can't do like anything we, wrong. we had him on like before we knew about like because it's one of those i think in that episode he mentions uh i was like is there anything you want to promote and he's like there's something that's really big that i can't talk about right now and that was before mm. samurai jack season five was announced oh perfect. and i was just yeah. like now looking back i'm like he was talking about samurai jack he he didn't tell us about <laughs> samurai jack which is smart because he would have gotten sued but oh totally yeah yeah, you want that exclusive, but you also don't want to burn anything. Exactly. So. It's like it, just the exclusive of, hey, I've got something big coming. That's an exclusive right there. Because you're just like, oh, hey, he's got something. You should you know, pay attention to his stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thanks, Ben. Thanks for doing this. And everybody go check out uh, your wonderful podcast, The Animation Station, and everything that you do. So I appreciate you for coming on, Josh. Oh, thank you so much. 